You are now entering. The One Piece Zone. Welcome to the One Piece Zone. It's me, your navigator slash host, Alex Johnston, back again to guide you on our journey through the currently 1005 chapter, uh, 1006 if you're listening to this on or after noon Eastern on Sunday, March 7th. Uh, 1005 chapter, 95 volume, pirate manga series. If you're a returning listener from episode one, uh, thanks for sticking with me. Always nice to see big air quotes, see a familiar face. If this is your first episode, welcome aboard. Last time, in the debut episode, we covered volume one of the manga, Romance Dawn. This week, we're covering volume two, Buggy the Clown. Let's get into it, from the top, starting with the first chapter of this volume, chapter nine, Femme Fatale. Um, So the first chapter of the volume picks up right where we left off last time with Nami introducing herself to Luffy as a thief and asking Luffy to team up. From there, we quickly pan back to the pirate crew we were uh, just starting to meet at the end of the previous volume, the Buggy the Clown Pirates. First up is the captain himself, Bucky the Clown. Um, For those of you uh, not reading along, and I highly recommend you do, it's, you know, it's like $3, $4 Canadian a month, I guess less American um, to read on the the shonen jump website slash app yeah can't recommend it enough um anyway for those of you not reading along i have to insist that you check out the zine accompanying this podcast uh link in the podcast description or check out uh the twitter feed at the one piece zone um just so you can get a look at buggy truly an iconic design these days we're freaking awash in clowns we're tripping over them And I say it's high time Buggy takes his rightful place as one of the best clowns in media. Anyway, uh, Buggy is introduced via a joke where he mishears one of the crew trying to tell him something. And he thinks the guy is making fun of his nose. uh, Which, again, to be clear, it's a clown nose. He's a clown. But uh, he's sensitive about the clown nose. Uh, And then he lifts the man up in the air from a distance via some mysterious power and has him blasted with a cannon. Hell of an intro for our new big bad. From there, we cut back to Luffy and Nami, who have holed up in an abandoned house. Nami fills Luffy in on what's happening in the town, which is that the infamous Buggy and his crew have taken over, and the townspeople fled for their lives. What's more, Nami reveals that she's thieving so she can save up to 100 million berries. That's that's a lot of money. That's like, I guess... I always assume that berries kind of go on the yen scale, so like... 100 million so you divide by 100 to get the like amount in dollars i guess or whatever so 100 million berries is like a million dollars but it's in the late 90s so it's even more money than a million dollars is now which is still a lot anyway uh she's trying to save 100 million berries so that she can quote buy a certain village remember this this will be important later this will be on the test Um, she's stolen a map of the Grand Line from Buggy and offers to go with Luffy to the Grand Line um, because that's where he wants to go anyway. He's ecstatic, but then he reveals he's a pirate and Nami's mood shifts drastically. She hates pirates. She would never team up with one. 
She quickly decides to trick Luffy, which is easy because he's really dumb. Um, so she tells him she'll join his crew if he comes with her to see Buggy. Uh, and then she immediately ties him up with rope when his back is turned and drags him off to uh, Buggy as a prisoner. Um, as I said before, it's important to note that Luffy is very dumb. To end the chapter, Nami tells Buggy that she'll give him, she'll give him Luffy, who she identifies as her former boss, um, so that she can join Buggy's crew. At the same time, Zolo arrives in town looking for Luffy and Buggy. So... Our, our key moments and our takeaway, which are kind of one and the same in this chapter, um, you know, Buggy has a great intro, but the, the key moments here are Nami. Nami's getting her introduction um, when she, she loudly exclaims upon learning that Luffy is a pirate, I hate pirates, but I love money and tangerines. Um, that's it, baby. That's Nami right there. Um, she's going to be the third member of the crew eventually, uh, just to be clear. I guess that's a spoiler, but also, you know... Um, you know, you could have figured that out yourself, probably. I think I believe in you. I think you're a smart person. But how does a person who hates pirates become a pirate? How will pirate Captain Luffy forgive someone who betrayed him immediately after meeting him and bring them into his crew? I mean, uh, Luffy's a dope who forgives everyone all the time with basically no reason, um, except for sometimes he says he'll never forgive people. Um, but then he probably would have forgiven them anyway, so I don't buy it. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's that. Our new characters this chapter, Buggy the Clown, Captain of the Buggy the Clown Pirates, of course. Um, Cabbagey is, we're going to learn more about him later in like a, later in this volume. He was either, I forget, he's he's next to Buggy behind him on the, when Buggy's sitting on the throne in his big debut image. He's the one that's not in a weird fursuit. Uh, Domo-kun, so because there's so few chap new characters in this volume, um, last volume I didn't do any back, talk about any background or joke background characters because um, there were just too many of them and it would have made the podcast a million hours long. Um, but because there's so few this week, I'm going to talk about the background and joke background characters. Domo-kun is an uh, alien from an earlier manga or like gag comic strip that Oda did. And he's just in, he shows up as part of Buggy's crew in like a background shot. You really have to hunt to find him. Uh, and he's just there as a little joke. Uh, Moji. Um, he is the other guy behind Buggy's throne in the, in Buggy's big debut image. Um, he is the guy in the fursuit. We're going to learn more about him later. And Richie, uh, Richie is a lion. I don't remember exactly where he shows up, probably in that first shot, but he's there somewhere in, so Richie's the lion. We'll also learn more about him later. Okay. Chapter 10, Incident at the Tavern. Buggy and his crew throw a party for their new crewmate, Nami. Luffy is put in a metal cage. <laughs> um, in a thought bubble, it's revealed that Nami is planning to drink them all into the table and steal their loot once they're all passed out. Nami and caged Luffy banter for a little bit. Um, Nami laughs that the pirates are going to sell Luffy off somewhere. Then Buggy walks over and says that actually, uh, the penalty for stealing from them is to be blasted with one of his special Buggy Balls. To be clear, uh, this is a cannonball. I'm not making any jokes about uh, buggy balls. He fires one off as a demonstration, and it levels an entire block of the town. Then, Buggy orders Nami to fire the cannon at Luffy as a test of her loyalty. She tries to get out of it, but Buggy just orders her to do it again, this time with an incredibly cruel grin, which you can check out as the winner of my Best Single Panel Award in the zine. Uh, it rules. The Joker would be proud. 
Uh, Nami is not a killer. She panics and tries to stall, but she knows she's trapped. Luffy smiles and tells her, like, from inside a cage, to be clear, about to be shot with a cannon. He smiles and tells her, that's what you get for going against pirates. Nami retorts, you mean not being prepared to kill someone like it's nothing? Is that what prepared means to a pirate? And Luffy says, no, it means being prepared to risk your own life. He said he probably said it goofier because because Luffy definitely has a goofy voice, but I refuse to do any goofy voices on this podcast. As you can tell from having listened to it, I never do voices of any kind. That's right. One of the buggy crew gets tired of waiting for her to light the cannon's fuse and does it himself. As he does, she whips out her quarterstaff, which like uh, is like three smaller pieces that join together into a quarterstaff. It's pretty sick. And she smashes him with it, leveling him. So the pirates immediately turn on her. Uh, Nami yells at Luffy that she won't become a low-down murderer. She reveals that pirates took someone dear to her and she'll never become like them. As the buggy pirate crew charges her, Nami decides to save Luffy by spinning around and putting out the cannon's fuse with her bare hands, leaving their back exposed to the charging pirates. Just in the nick of time, Zolo appears and cleans the pirates' clocks with a pair of swords still in their sheath. It's sick. Everyone is very confused that the former infamous bounty hunter is now a pirate serving under some kid, and Buggy challenges Zolo to a duel. Uh, Buggy immediately gets chopped into pieces, literally. Buggy's severed body parts fly through the air to end the chapter. So again, our key moment, our takeaway are kind of one and the same here. Um, the moment of Nami going from smugly mocking Luffy's naivete, his naiveness, to being put in an impossible situation, become a murderer or die, and Luffy's reaction, no fear in the face of death, and calmly telling Nami being a pirate means being ready to risk your own life, is another kind of a building block in establishing the core themes of the series. And her choice in that moment owns. She decides to risk her life rather than kill someone. She dives to put out a burning cannon fuse with her bare hands, which is sick as hell. Great moment for Nami. She's a badass for sure, but she's also the closest we've come so far to someone who's mostly an ordinary person. She's not made of rubber. She doesn't have the jaw strength to hold a third sword in her mouth and do sick moves. She's smart. She's determined. She does the right thing when the chips are down. Risks to herself be damned. This sequence is Nami's real debut, and it's wonderful. No new characters this chapter. Chapter 11. Flight. This chapter begins with Zolo standing over the chopped up corpse of Buggy the Clown. He says, that was too easy. While strangely, Buggy's crew only snickers and laughs. Zolo tries to intimidate the crew into giving him the keys to Luffy's cage, but they just laugh harder. Then suddenly, Zolo is stabbed in the side. The assailant is dramatically revealed to be Buggy's floating, disembodied hand. Buggy's parts reassemble themselves, and he reveals he's eaten a devil fruit called the Chop Chop Fruit. And he is a Chop Chop Man. This allows him to disassemble and reassemble his body at will. Also, uh, his parts can fly, uh, so that's important to know. Uh, so anyway, Zolo and Nami are understandably freaked out by this. Uh, Zolo is bleeding badly. But instead of being worried, Luffy yells at Buggy for stabbing Zolo in the back, uh, you know, fighting dirty, and calls Buggy Big Nose. Buggy fires his hand, which is holding a knife, like a cannon at caged Luffy's face. But Luffy catches the knife with his teeth and bites it in half, saying with a smile, I swear I'm going to clobber you. This fucking owns, by the way. Buggy laughs at this outrageous statement, and Luffy yells at Zolo to run. 
but he doesn't mean run away. Zolo runs for the cannon, still loaded with the infamous buggy ball, and lifts the enormous barrel, blood spurting out of his wound. He flips it around to point at Buggy and his crew. Nami lights the fuse, and the pirates are blasted away, giving Nami, Zolo, and Luffy time to escape. Zolo lifts Luffy's enormous iron cage onto his shoulder with Luffy inside, despite the incredible pain from doing this while bleeding from a gaping gash in his side. They escape into town to end the chapter, with Buggy emerging from the rubble and declaring that this was a declaration of war. Um, so our big moment here, uh, Zolo gets stabbed by Buggy. He's going to start a trend that lasts basically for the first hundred chapters of the manga of Zolo constantly being badly wounded and or recovering from being badly wounded. This is basically necessary because Zolo is such an incredible badass, like infamously so. He starts off as the greatest swordsman in the entire East Blue, which is an entire ocean in this world. So they need a, Oda needs a reason that Zolo doesn't just beat every enemy the crew faces single-handedly. He is constantly, in the first chunk of this story, being taken out of commission to raise the stakes. And we see the beginning of that here. My takeaway for this, this chapter is, um, this is the first chapter where we get some Luffy, Zolo, and Nami back and forth. The original three crew members meeting and bantering for the first time ever warms my heart. No new characters. Chapter 12, Dog. Fun fact about this chapter, this is the first chapter of One Piece I ever read in my life. Turned out to be a great introduction because the next few chapters represent a stripped down version of the fundamental building blocks of one specific type of One Piece story. I don't know if you just heard that, but that was Emmett, my, one of my three cats, uh, jumping onto the back of my computer chair. Um, be quiet, buddy. I'm recording the podcast. These building blocks go like this. One, Luffy and Co. meet a new character who is doing something impractical. Two, we learn that this character has a sad and honorable reason for doing the impractical thing. Three, a bad guy shows up and mocks the impractical thing and then harms the character and in some way damages their ability to do the impractical thing. Four, Luffy tells the bad guy they could never understand why the character was doing the thing and then beats the crap out of the bad guy. That's storytelling, baby. It works every time. Now the specifics of this chapter. We open on Buggy introducing his first mate. Moji the Lion Tamer, a guy who rides an enormous lion and looks like he's wearing a weird hood, but really it's just his hair. If you aren't reading along, you're going to want to check out the zine for this one, trust me. And Buggy sends Moji out to kill Zolo, Luffy, and Nami. They're still focused on Zolo because remember, nobody knows who Luffy is, he's just some kid, and Zolo is the most feared bounty hunter on the entire East Blue. Zolo has managed to drag Luffy in his cage well into town, and he collapses from his injuries in the middle of the street. Notably, in front of a small white dog with some bloodstains in his fur, Luffy immediately managed to scuffle with the dog despite being trapped in a cage. Nami catches up with them and makes fun of them for hiding in the middle of the street. She gives them the key to Luffy's cage as thanks for saving her from Buggy, but the dog immediately swallows it to everyone's shock and horror. Luffy grabs the dog and tries to make him cough it up, but a strange man appears that yells at them to leave the dog alone. He introduces himself as the town's mayor, Boodle. I love Boodle. Boodle's a good name. Uh, Boodle takes Zolo to sleep at his house. Uh, apparently that's all he needs to recover from getting a stab wound in the side. Um, the mayor reveals he came into town to feed the dog, whose name is Choo Choo. Choo Choo is in town guarding his shop. The shop was a pet food store that belonged to the mayor's friend. 
Choo Choo got his wounds fighting off pirates. He's been guarding the shop since his master went to the hospital three months ago, where he died. Yeah. Everyone says that Choo Choo is guarding the shop because he's waiting for his master to return. But Boodle doesn't think that's right. Boodle thinks Choo Choo knows his master died and he's guarding the store because that's all that's left of his beloved master. The store is his treasure. Here I should note that earlier, when they first met, Luffy told Nami that his hat was his treasure. This is an important detail. The mayor has tried to get Choo Choo to leave, but he refuses. Then, uh, as they're having this conversation, there's a menacing roar and Boodle and Nami run for their lives as they, they know Moji and his lion are coming. Of course, uh, Luffy is still trapped in the cage and Choo Choo refuses to leave. Moji arrives riding Richie, his giant lion, um, and demands Luffy tell him where Zolo is. He also reveals that his weird fursuit is his real hair. Uh, Luffy refuses and Moji sicks the lion on him. Richie smashes the cage, but Luffy manages to get out. Finally free from the cage after almost two chapters. I should keep a running total of for uh, longest time Luffy is trapped somewhere because uh, that's going to be another running trope. Um, Richie swipes Luffy with his paw and sends him flying through a building. Moji writes him off for dead. Uh, then Richie gets hungry and they set their sights on Choo Choo's pet food store. The final panel of the chapter reveals Luffy is alive and well on the other side of the house and ready to fight. And also get Nami to join his crew as navigator. So our key moments this time around, um, the panels of Richie the Lion destroying Luffy's cage and sending him flying are incredible. But how can you top Choo Choo's sad story? That poor dog's been through a lot and deserves nothing but good from now on. Um, my takeaway, Oda arbitrarily switched from being all about dreams to being all about treasures in this volume. Weird. We'll talk more about this later. Um, our new characters um, this this chapter are Boodle, the mayor. Um, Oda just has great names for mares in this in this manga. Boodle, what a name. Not quite as good as Whoop Slap, but it's up there. Actually, maybe it's better than Whoop Slap. It's easier to say Boodle. 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 Uh, Choo Choo, the dog with the heartbreaking story. We love Choo Choo. Hawker is the name of Choo Choo's master who has unfortunately passed away. Chapter 13, Treasure. Chapter 13 opens with Nami and Boodle being amazed that Luffy survived being smashed through a building. Reasonable enough. We cut back to Richie the lion itching to get at some pet food in the store, but Choo Choo bravely stands up to the enormous beast. Richie casually sends Choo Choo flying, but Choo Choo runs back and gets a good bite in on Richie's leg. Richie sends Choo Choo flying again, opening up all the cuts in the little dog's body, but Choo Choo won't give in. All throughout this little fight, we see Choo Choo flashing back to all kinds of memories he has of this pet shop. The opening, the good times with his master, times when business was up and down, and finally the day his master told him to watch the store while he went to the hospital. After a brief transition where Luffy says he's off to find Zolo before Moji does, we see Moji and Richie walking away from the pet store, Moji muttering about getting bit on the arm. Luffy turns a corner and we get a large panel, nearly a full page of the pet store in flames, and Choo Choo barking helplessly. Luffy sees the fire and we get a great series of panels, almost an Eisenstein-esque montage for my, my film nerds out there. 
um, alternating between Luffy looking at the fire and Choo Choo looking at the fire. But the Choo Choo panels are overlain with thought bubbles, repeating Boodle's explanation for why Choo Choo won't leave the store. That it was all he had left of his beloved master. We cut to a Western-style showdown, a panel framed from between Luffy's legs, with Moji on Richie approaching on the street, dust clouds billowing. Moji is furious that Luffy is still alive. Luffy just laughs, and Richie attacks. As the lion charges, Luffy simply stretches his arms forward while spinning them so they intertwine like a twisted corkscrew, and bops Richie in the nose with a sort of thrust attack. Then, while Moji screams, what are you? Like an ordinary crook meeting Batman for the first time, Luffy simply reaches back with his intertwined arms and heaves them forward like a club. Or perhaps a gavel, given that Luffy dubs this attack, Gum Gum Gavel. This buries Richie in the ground, like his head is like smashed into the ground and you can't see it. As Moji realizes Luffy is a devil fruit user, he begs for forgiveness, but it's too late. Luffy clobbers him with a punch in a, just an excellent panel that you can see if you go to the zine or read the comic. As Luffy returns to the burned pet store, Nami and Boodle have arrived, obviously upset about the pet store being burned down. Nami screams at Luffy while Boodle restrains her that she'd hope the lion would eat him because he's a pirate, and destroying the pet store is the kind of thing pirates do. They take what's most precious and laugh. Luffy just sticks his tongue out at her, and he goes over to Choo Choo, to whom he gives a banged-up box of pet food, and he says it's all he could save. Luffy also tells Choo Choo he did great, and he's sure he fought well. Uh, Nami basically has like a mind-blown moment when she realizes Luffy fought a lion on behalf of a dog. The chapter ends with Buggy yelling about blasting the whole town down. Oda takes his first swing at a, at a gut punch moment here, and in my opinion, he knocks it out of the park. How can you not love the dog protecting his dead master's store? How can you not be heartbroken when he gets burned down? How can you not love Luffy beating the shit out of the guy and lion that did it and giving the dog the one box of pet food he could save? As discussed previously, this is a story type Oda will come back to again and again throughout the series. It's hard to come up with a more sympathetic character than Dog Whose Owner Died, but Oda will do his best. Also, the moment where Nami realized that Luffy was just as mad about the pet store being burned down as her, and moreover that he had the ability to make things right as best he could, is a big turning point in her relationship to him. She still doesn't like pirates, but this is a moment where she realizes Luffy really is different. No new characters this time. Chapter 14, Reckless. The chapter opens with one of my f favorite bits of, in all of One Piece. Uh, Moji returns, beaten and battered to Buggy, and tries to warn him about Luffy's rubber powers. Um, but all he can get out before he collapses is Rub Rub Man, leading Buggy to exclaim, Darn you, Moji! Beaten by a masseuse! Uh, cracks me up every time. We then transition to the inland sanctuary where the villagers are hiding out from the pirates. Um, Choo Choo has just arrived there, and the villagers see he's all beaten up and are worried about the mayor. He loves this town so much. Maybe too much, they say. Back in town, Nami apologizes to Luffy for yelling at him, and he accepts. Then Boodle immediately gets fired up. He says he can't stand back anymore, not after watching Choo Choo and L Luffy fight so bravely. Sometimes a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Luffy simply replies, that's right. The mayor tells the story of how he and the other villagers built this town from nothing, just wilderness, into a thriving seaport, 40 years of hard work, and that this town and the people that live there are his treasure. I'm going to fight, he yells. 
Then Buggy fires a buggy ball, and half the town is instantly leveled in an awesome double-page spread of explosion. Zolo was in one of the houses that was destroyed, but he simply sits up out of the wreckage and says, and I quote, That's one heck of an alarm clock. The mayor gets more and more fired up, uh, and he runs off to fight as Nami tries to hold him back. She says he's being reckless, and he turns around, and we get this incredible close-up panel of his intense but tear-filled eyes as he shouts, I know I'm being reckless. As the mayor runs off, Luffy says with a grin, Don't worry, I like that old man. I won't let him get killed. After a brief discussion, Nami agrees not to become a pirate, but to join up with Luffy and Zolo to work towards a common goal, getting back the map of the Grand Line and stealing Buggy's treasure while they're at it. The chapter ends with the mayor calling out Buggy the Clown and Luffy and Zolo getting ready to join him. The panel where Boodle yells, I know I'm being reckless with tears in his eyes, fucks me up so much. It's so perfect. This guy running off to fight someone completely out of his league because he just loves this town. He loves the town and the townspeople so much, and he can't help but try to protect them, even though he knows it'll almost certainly kill him. Boodle is a good guy. And as far as takeaways go, like, here we are. The wait is over. Zolo's awake. Luffy's out of the cage. It's time. Our new character this chapter is Poro, who is, um, he's, he's an old man. Um, he's one of the villagers and is friends with the mayor, and he's the one worried about the mayor that he's going to do something stupid, which is correct. It's a correct worry. Chapter 15, Gong. Boodle, from the ground, challenges Buggy, who is standing on the roof of an inn, to a fight. We get the formal introduction of Buggy's second mate, Kabaji the Acrobat, as he steps forward to volunteer to take care of Boodle on Buggy's behalf which is hilariously followed by Buggy telling him to fuck off. Avast, fool. He challenged me. Buggy asks Boodle why he's challenging him. Boodle says it's because the town is his treasure, and Buggy laughs at him. Buggy says the only treasure is gold and jewels. Treasure sparkles and makes its owner a king. Uh, Boodle yells at him, and Buggy follows up by launching his hand at Boodle's throat, choking him and lifting him up in the air, a sort of devil fruit-assisted force choke. Think of a dorkier sentence than that, I dare you. Buggy laughs as he chokes Boodle until he suddenly feels his hand pulled away. He looks down and Luffy has pried Buggy's hand off of Boodle's throat. Luffy, Zolo, and Nami have arrived. Buggy says Luffy must have a death wish. Boodle tells the youngers to let him fight. Luffy, well, <laughs> uh, Luffy smashes Boodle's head into the ground, knocking him out. Right. Nami yells at Luffy. Zolo simply says, Good idea. He'd just get in the way. He'll be safer unconscious. No one uh, super concerned about concussions in One Piece land, I guess. Luffy immediately turns up the temperature by yelling, Hey you, big nose, at Buggy. Buggy immediately flips out, fires a buggy ball at them. Zolo and Nami freak out, but Luffy simply inhales and stretches his rubber body into a big balloon. He calls this one the gum gum balloon. He absorbs the impact of the buggy ball uh, with his, you know, rotund, air-filled belly, and it fires it back at the inn, where Buggy and his crew stand, staring in horror, as they are consumed by the enormous explosion that follows. The chapter ends with Luffy going, that evens the odds a little, and Nami screaming, what are you? <laughs> I guess the key moment this time is Luffy turning into a balloon and reflecting a cannonball. Pretty cool move. Also, the cat's out of the bag. Buggy and Co. and Nami now know that Luffy has devil fruit powers. Uh, Luffy did one of those being mean, but he has a good reason, I guess, moments again. 
a smashing Boodle into unconsciousness without warning to keep uh, to keep him safely out of the way while the big boys fight. Uh, this time, uh, I guess that was sort of a good reason. I guess I don't know. Anyway, no new characters this chapter. Chapter sixteen versus Buggy's crew. The chapter opens with Nami saying to Luffy, "I thought there was something weird about you. What kind of normal human being can pile drive a lion? How did you do that?" To which Luffy simply responds. That was the gum gum balloon. <laughs> uh, from the burning ruins of the inn where Buggy's crew was blown up, Buggy and Cabbage emerge. Buggy blocked the blast with two of his crew members. Uh, Cabbage blocked it with the unconscious body of poor Richie the lion. Moji wakes up, notices this, and immediately prepares to attack Cabbage. Moji then notices Luffy and yells at Buggy to watch out for him because he's a rubber man with devil fruit powers. This clues Nami in as well. Buggy gets mad at Moji for not telling him earlier. He tried, and he flings Moji at Luffy like a javelin, and Luffy simply kicks him out of midair. Kabaji charges into battle on his unicycle, armed with a sword, and Zolo jumps in to fight. Kabaji realizes Zolo is still badly injured from earlier and immediately kicks him in his wounded side. After a quick distraction move, he kicks Zolo in the side again. He goes for an in for a third attack, and Zolo simply punches him, knocking him off his unicycle. Zolo then proceeds to say to Kabaji, I hope you enjoyed kicking my wound. Then Zolo slices open his wound with his own sword and says, My goal is to be the world's greatest swordsman. That enough of a handicap for you? Now I'll show you some real swordplay. Holy fucking shit. The key moment this chapter was, were you just listening? He cut a big gash in his side to show how pitiful he thought his opponent was. Is that sick or what? Uh, the takeaway is Zolo is hot shit. Zolo owns. Zolo kicks all kinds of ass. Hell fucking yeah. No new characters this chapter. Chapter 17. High level, low level. The final chapter of the volume opens with everyone looking on at Zolo's wounds in horror while he simply says, I can't lose, not even once, to anyone who calls himself a swordsman. Kabaji replies, your wounds will make an excellent excuse when you lose. Zolo says, no, it's the other way around. If I lose to the likes of you when my wounds are only this light, I may as well give up on my dream right now. While everyone else is basking in that incredible line, Nami tells Luffy she's going to go steal the map and the treasure while everyone else is busy. And if they win, she'll consider teaming up with them again. And then Luffy's like, wow, thanks! Because Luffy's fucking dumb as shit. Um, anyway, Kawaji does a bunch of dumb circus-themed attacks. He's got some spinning tops he throws. He rides his unicycle up a wall and then like bounces into the air. And he, like, so he flies up in the air on his unicycle, so he's over top of Zolo, and he gets ready to drop down with, like, his sword pointed down. Um, and then Buggy tries to get in on the action. He fires his hand at Zolo to, like, hold him down or whatever. But Luffy stomps on it, saying, keep your mitts out of Zolo's duel. Uh, Zolo dives out of the way of the unicycle sword dive, and he gets up, panting, saying, I've had enough. I'm tired. Kabaji says something about Zolo being tired due to blood loss, and Zolo simply kicks him off his unicycle again and says, You've got it wrong. What I'm tired of are your stupid circus tricks. 
Kabaji says he'll finish Zolo with real swordplay, and Zolo immediately slices his open and wins the duel with a single attack, his Oni Girdi. As he falls, Kabaji yells, How could these common thieves have beaten us? Then Zolo says, as he collapses from his wounds, We're not thieves. We're pirates. Uh, Buggy scoffs at them calling themselves pirates, to which Luffy replies, I'm going to be the king of the pirates. <laughs> I'm going to be saying that a lot over the next... Uh, hundred episodes buggy has a conniption at this and says if you're king of the uh, how do i what was the buggy voice i was doing earlier i don't even remember if you're king of the pirates what am i god of the pirates i don't know this voice situation is getting out of control uh but then to end the volume buggy follows up by saying you and your straw hat remind me of him when he was younger that insolent dog with the red hair uh, key moments. Once again, Zolo owns. Zolo kicks ass. Zolo is the man. Takeaway. Uh, that insolent dog with the red hair. Is that Shanks? Does Buggy know Shanks? I must know more. Guess I gotta read volume three. Alright, folks. Now that we've thought long and hard about all the chapters, it's time to decide which one was the best. That's right. It's time for the 8 million berry bounty award for best chapter. Higuma the Bear's 8 million berries is still the largest revealed bounty in the series so far that I'm aware of. Uh, please submit any corrections to at the One Piece Zone on Twitter. Oda hasn't really gotten into the habit of dropping bounty values to signal power level yet. He'll really double down on that later, but we're not there yet. Um, so we're gonna hang. We might end up hanging on to this one for a little bit longer. Might get broken next next volume, or maybe the volume after that. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, on to the segment. The best chapter in Volume 2 was Chapter 13, Treasure. This is the chapter where Luffy sees poor Choo Choo barking helplessly as his precious pet food store is burned to the ground and beats the crap out of Richie and Moji to avenge the poor dog's honor. The chapter has some incredible artwork uh, with the pet food store burning, Moji's clock getting clean, particularly great examples. It also has the emotional payoff, both sad and cathartic, of the Choo Choo story. Chuchu's precious treasure is destroyed, but Luffy avenges him, and in a way, Moji burning on the pet food store is kind of closure for Chuchu. We see him thank Luffy with a little bark, and he walks off into the sunset. He's able to move on. Great stuff. Runners up were Chapter 17, High Level, Low Level. Um, this is where Zolo beats the shit out of Kabaji and says a bunch of iconic lines. And the other runner-up is Chapter 10, Incident at the Tavern, which is where the chapter where Nami refuses to kill Luffy and puts out the cannon fuse with her bare hands to prevent him from being blown away. Great stuff. Now it's time to talk about dreams. You may have heard, but Monkey D. Luffy's dream is to become King of the Pirates. We almost go the entire volume without him mentioning it. He squeezes it in right on the second-to-last page so Buggy can scoff at him. No real progression towards that goal this volume. Rarunoa Zolo's goal is to become the world's greatest swordsman. This volume, he absolutely whipped Kabaji the acrobat's ass while having a big gaping wound at his side and talking smack, so I'll count that as a win for Zolo. We sure haven't met any better swordsmen out there yet. There were no new dreams introduced this volume. That's because in volume 2, Oda switched things up and made the big theme that everyone was talking about treasure. Three different characters refer to something as their treasure in this volume, so that's what I'm going to talk about here. First up, Luffy refers to his straw hat as his treasure. This does two things. Firstly, it emphasizes how much he values the hat, which we as the audience know if we read the first volume, but it's good to have a reminder. Secondly, it sets Luffy up to empathize with other characters who have sentimental treasures that they want to protect. 
Choo Choo the dog's treasure is the pet food store that belonged to his dead master. He does his best to protect it, even from a lion, but as we know, Moji burns it down. Moji got what he fucking deserved. Finally, Mayor Boodle's treasure is the town. He tells a heartwarming story about how he and the villagers had to flee when their previous town 40 years ago was destroyed by pirates. They built this new town. Just this little story about 40 years of hard work to build this community up from nothing warmed my heart so much, and the tears in Boodle's eyes as he runs to certain defeat and likely death at the hands of Buggy the Clown, all to protect this town, his treasure. It's great stuff, folks. Um, much like how dreams were switched up this volume, we don't get a full flashback, really. But we do get some nice reminiscings, both from Choo Choo, the dog, and uh, about his master, who he loves so much. Those are heartbreaking. And also from the mayor, as he thinks back to the backbreaking labor of building a town from literal nothing. These both warm my heart, and the Choo Choo ones are especially tragic. Um, however, they're very short, so I'm going to give them only 8,500 out of 10,000 heartstring pulls. Thank you. The only faction this time around was the Buggy the Clown Pirates. We learned a lot more about them this week, what with actually meeting Buggy and his first and second mate. Uh, they're cool, I guess. In case you're wondering, I will not count Luffy and his crew as a real faction until they have a real ship with their own pirate flag. Wonder when that will be. Who can say? Speaking of all the new characters we met this volume, it's time for the Oda's Guys and Gals Award for Best Character. This week, the best character was, after much deliberation, Monkey D. Luffy. It's kind of on the nose to name the protagonist the best character, but hey, he didn't win in episode one, and I think this volume really showed off what's so great about Luffy as a character, why we want to root for him. He has a lot of good moments in this in this volume, uh, like when he stares down death and tells Nami being a pirate means being willing to risk your life, when he catches Buggy's knife in his teeth and bites it in half, but mostly when he fought a lion for a dog, and it ruled. Our runners-up are Frizzly Zolo, who is the absolute king of the final two chapters. I thought long and hard about giving him best character on the strength of those two chapters alone, but you know what? He's going to have a lot more moments to shine later, so it's okay. Uh, and secondly, Buggy the Clown, who, as I, as I said earlier, is an overlooked gem in the crowded land of fictional evil clowns. He's a menacing and frightening villain who does real harm to a major character, making him more threatening than any other adversary in the first two volumes by a mile, and he's also really good comic relief. His evil but goofy persona is a real double threat. Next up, Oda's Beautiful Beasts! This is the award for the best animal of the volume, and while Richie the Lion is cool, we all know who's getting it this time. Of course, it's Choo Choo, the brave little dog. His owner is dead, he's protecting his precious memories. Choo Choo is so good, and so sad, and he tries so hard. He is the best. There wasn't really any new lore or world building to speak of this episode, so I'll get right into our final segment of the program. It's time for Next Time On. First up, uh, towards the beginning of the volume, Nami mentions she's trying to get 100 million berries so she can buy a certain village. Why does she want to buy a village? Does it have anything to do with her hatred of pirates? Find out next time on. Well, okay, you're not going to find out next time on it's going to be like several more than several next time ons from now but do not forget this keep this in the back of your head this will be on the test secondly the volume literally ends with buggy dropping the bombshell that luffy reminds him of quote that red-haired dog when he was younger uh pretty safe to assume as in i, I don't think it's a spoiler to reveal that he is in fact talking about shanks how does buggy know shanks find out 
next time on. This one we actually do find out next time on, so get hyped for Volume 3 or Episode 3 if you're not reading along with me. Finally, we get full confirmation that there are other Devil Fruit users with other wacky powers. Next time it's Luffy versus Buggy. How will the two Devil powers match up? Who will win? Find out next time on. Well, that's about all from me. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, episode two of the One Piece Zone. The One Piece Zone. Um, next episode is probably going to come out in about two weeks. Um, someday I hope to have to go to weekly, but um, just based on how my life is right now, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Um, so look for that. Two weeks from now, we'll be covering volume three. Don't get fooled again. Um, please check out the zine accompaniment to this episode. Um, you can find it on my Twitter. You should also be there. Should be a link in the description in this episode. You'll love it. It's it's nice and short, short and sweet. It's just pictures. It's art. Shows the we're gonna show the the pictures of all the character debuts and then just some awards. You know my uh, my favorite character debuts, my favorite single panels, favorite full pages, favorite title pages. And then uh, just little extras here or there. Please follow the podcast on Twitter at the One Piece Zone for updates, zines, jokes, me talking about um, the One Piece anime, which I'm watching for the first time because I'm not, I had never watched the anime. And also, it's, you know, I love One Piece. Obviously, I'm doing this fucking podcast, but the anime um, is kind of hit or miss. It has its good moments, but ultimately, the manga is much much better so i'm watching through the anime for the first time and i occasionally tweet about where i am in the anime which is way ahead of the podcast so i guess if you're shy of spoilers watch out for that uh anyway um my personal twitter at alex ron johnson you can follow and just mostly just jokes and retweets about how um depressing the world is but jokes too yeah um if you are so inclined please give me a positive five star whatever rating and and pot and review the show on whatever app you're using that would rule i'd love that um and and share it with your friends if your friend is me if you know me and you listen to it tell me if you liked it i love that love to hear that people actually listen to the show and they and they like it yeah um megan the stallion if you're listening please come on the one piece zone we can talk about whatever you want. I know you like the one, the anime and not the manga. I did just say I didn't like the anime as much as the manga, but I'll talk about whatever the fuck you want. Come on the podcast, Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Okay. Bye now. You are now the one.